You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Yeah, I know one man. Have a listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a, well, let's say an extra special edition of the Mariners podcast. Um, cobbled very quickly together after what came about on Thursday afternoon when the Football Association decided that they would split the football pyramid in two and decided to stop all promotion and relegation from all leagues below the national league levels. So unprecedented times we live in with the COVID-19 situation, but unprecedented times in football as well. One or two members of the podcast team were I'm going to say apoplectic yesterday afternoon and decided that we should really get together very quickly, which we have. And um, I'm delighted to say that um, we have our our regular contributors. First of all, Ronnie Pete. Secondly, I say regular, he's hardly ever on now, but he's here. Simon May. Um, uh, but I'm also um, extremely, extremely delighted to, to be able to welcome... For the very first time onto the Mariners podcast, Darren Tinmouth. Uh, so a very warm welcome to you, Darren. Hello. Thank you. Uh, you've showed a, a bit of interest in coming on after yesterday and we were, del- were delighted to have you. And last but by no means least, joining us around the um, virtual table, we have uh, well, the one and only John Shaw. John, welcome. Uh, yeah. Cheers for that, Chris. Uh, evening, gents. Good evening. Um, evening, John. First of all, John, yesterday's decision, purely before we go into any of the nitty gritty about the whys and wherefores of what's been decided, a a player's reaction to that, bearing in mind you've put in all the effort, the hard work over the last uh, eight months or so, um, what was yours and I, I guess the consensus reaction of the lads in the dressing room yesterday afternoon? Uh, well, as you can imagine, a huge disappointment. I mean, the messages in the lads, we know we've got obviously our group chats that we, uh, you know, we chat along to and everybody kind of was knocked sick. I mean, literally the sick emoji got used more than the laughing one yesterday, which is the, usually the uh, main one. Um, everybody kind of just can't believe that that this is the decision made that this at this stage of the season that it is going to mean absolutely nothing. Uh, mm. you know, the when you do have a chat with certain members of the squad, it's I mean, listen from my point of view uh, as captain, obviously as well, we we've had a bit of a roller coaster season. Um, we got ourselves in such a a good position early. We let that kind of slip away, and only six weeks ago, nobody really knew how this season was going to finish. Um, A lot of time, effort, uh, blood and sweat and tears went into getting ourselves back into this position, only for it to be taken away from us again. Um, And I think that's that's obviously an overriding feeling. It's just that the minute there's there's more disappointment and a lot of down lads in that changing room and, um, well, I suppose in their homes at the minute, uh, uh, just just knowing that everything that's gone off is going to, wiped off the record books and mean absolutely nothing. Before the decision was made, um, was there any pre-warning, you know, in your in your chat groups or whether in and around the club or whether the in the, around the Northern Premier League scene, had there been any inkling that the FA were going to come to this 
decision? Well, no, not really. I mean, there was the, I suppose, the typical pessimist of the non-league footballer and non-league family is thinking that the that we don't necessarily mean that much to the football association and the and the powers that be. Um, certain people, you know, I mean, listen, I was quite positive. I kept saying to people, look, the thing's going to kind of come and go and whether it be weeks or maybe a month or two, we'll get back up and running and we'll finish this season off. I do believe that they would do that. And I do that. I said that down to the fact that I look at what it could potentially have done to people's opinions. I mean, can you imagine if they did this to Liverpool? Can you imagine if they did this to Leeds? And I kind of got my head around the fact that would they really do that to clubs, even down, you know, down our level, down our way? Um, there was obviously a lot of people saying, look, I don't, I don't know. There is no precedent. Will they null and void? Will they um, points per game? Uh, and even the points per game didn't really interest me so much. You know, I kind of hope that was the very, very last uh, call. Um, because there's the you know, if you're a, if you're a football club who had a really poor start to the season, uh, you may change your manager, you may have changed half your squad at, at Christmas, um, and you put yourself on a good run with something to fight and play for, and then gets taken away from you. The points per average does not mean necessarily the truth at the end of the season, so it would have been slightly unfair in my opinion. But at the same time, the last kind of a call, uh, but no, nobody. Nobody saw this necessarily coming until I would say about a day or two ago. And then when they kind of said, we're going to have a decision relatively soon, I think we all thought, yeah, this is going to be, if they're going to rush out a decision, if they're going to pull the trigger fast, only one they're going to come to is that we can just scrap it. And why they've rushed it, why they've done it so fast is, is beyond me. They can come out and give the moral story of as we're saving money for people, but the amount of stories you now hear about that being, not necessarily true. I say I think there's a lot of perplexed people in the non-league world that feel very aggrieved at the minute. Simon, you were the first one to kind of react among us yesterday. You yeah. were, um, you know, saying like, let's pod now. We need to pod. We need to pod. Um, you are fit to burst, which f- for someone like you is quite, quite yeah. a lot actually. Um, yeah, it is. Why were you? Th- why were you fit to burst? Well. It- it, obviously, I missed last week's podcast, and if I was sat with you guys last Saturday, I'd have quite openly had said to you, there is not a, a cat in hell's chance of the FA um, making the season null and void. You know, bearing in mind what John's just said about Liverpool and, and, and Leeds and, and what have you, I just thought there's no way they can do this. I, I, would, I would have openly said that last Saturday, and then to then read the, the, the statements yesterday is just mind-boggling you know i know we're in 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 difficult times and unprecedented times but what's the rush you know the the season is called 2019 2020 and we're in march um what why the rush now we, we they could there's, there's only what six weeks left of the season for, for, yeah. for everyone you could easily fit that in my, my take is I, I think we'd be probably back um, at the general public, do, do, not fully back to normal. That, that won't happen for a long, long time. But I, I would dare say that things will be sort of back up and running in about two to three months. By which We're still only in early summer. You know, there's plenty of 2020 left. Why rush it? Why do why the FA, it, typically, I suppose, have left themselves open to 
to such uh, criticism when there was just no need for it. I, I, no. And, you know, we, we talk about points per game, as John rightly said, that's not really right. because You, you can't go for, for that. Um, so for me, there was only ever one outcome. And to, for them to have come to this, I, I just, it is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Could have, could have null and void. Well, sorry, not null and void. Like you said, if we'd have just come back. So if they, I mean, we talk about obviously non-league football, a lot of lads, a lot of clubs, they only pay their players 38 weeks. They pay yeah. their staff 38 weeks. Um, so say it takes two, three months for the season to, to come back round. Um, and yes, that has a knock-on effect next year. You know, we you know we we knew that was going to be the case, and there were some really good points around how restructuring the football seasons this year to help in conjunction with Qatar uh, in a couple of yes, years. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and these conversations were what I was thinking. You know what? That's a really good point. Oh, this thing is listen, and and I really don't want to constantly babble. The, I mean, listen, we're going to talk about football for half an hour, but it is obviously a serious time. There is a lot of Problems. There is a lot of health issues, and everybody wants everybody to be okay. So I know that, yeah, talking like football is life and death, or is what it is. But these are the conversations that I'm thinking. Well, we do have time to organise this now. As a country, as a global football organisation, whatever it is, as FIFA, FA, only football, let's do this now. If the lads at clubs and if the staff at clubs get 38 weeks money, and at the minute they're sat on 32 weeks. Then, you know, a lot of those lads, a lot of those people, you know, this is their part-time job. It's their part-time income. It is, you know, a separate kind of side work. Um, then you you do stop paying them. Stop them paying them at this minute. And then in five, six, seven, ten weeks that we start again, you pay them for the remaining six weeks of the season and nobody really loses out. The clubs don't overexpend, don't spend any extra than what they were going to. They pay the lads and the... Uh, the ground staff, the everybody, everything that goes into that. Yes, and I know there will be extra overheads in certain areas of certain clubs, ours being one of them. Um, again, that's where the FA, the Premier League, and FIFA should be trying to lend a hand to try and just get through these difficult, these difficult times, this difficult month or two. Uh, and then let's go back. Let's finish the seasons off. Let's you know, get this season out of the way. And if that has a knock-on effect to a shorter season next year, to a slightly different time frame of the year for next season. Let's deal with that at a later date. Let's start putting those things in place now while we've got spare time. Yeah. Move on that way. Um, as you just touched on there, Darren, doing the, uh, you know, just making it such a rush, such a hasty decision, for me, is the biggest frustration. Yeah, considering the fact that the decision was taken 12 days after our last game. 12 days. Yeah. You know, exactly. as, as you said there, Si, you know, take 12 weeks. If it takes yeah. 12 weeks, it takes 12 weeks. Of course. Now, of course, um, there's a lot of talk on fans' forums about sour grapes with sour shields. You know, we're there to be shot at and and, supporters of other clubs are absolutely giving it with both barrels. They're laughing laughing at us and really taking a great lot of uh, joy out of it. But it's not just South Shields. Um, there are clubs in even stronger positions in their leagues. Um, Darren, yeah. uh, you know, you you are quite a um, dare I say almost statistician when it comes to um, <laughs> this kind of thing. Um, can you just let us know a little bit about other clubs that are in even stronger positions than than South Shields? 
Well, to be well, if you look at the Northern League, then you can't ignore Stockton. Mm-hmm. They are way, way ahead in the first division, and uh, and I think they're only two wins away from actually being promoted themselves. Yeah. And um and of course um everyone has seen the stories about Jersey Bulls and Vauxhall Motors in Step Six, who had actually already mathematically guaranteed promotion, yeah. and now that's being taken away from them. Yeah. Um. What do you Jersey, say to them? Jersey are they're a hundred percent record, aren't they? Yes, they've won all 27 games. Wow. Well, so, can you imagine being them? I mean, this is, and it's this kind of thing, I suppose. That's that's what's, you know, people, fine, people want to have a little dig at us and, you know, our history over the last few years and, you know, certain things have happened where, you know, like I said, people want to have a little dig at us. But this is what I, I mean, like I said to you before we came on, I wrote, I wrote and rewrote the tweet that I put out yesterday <laughs> and one of the points that, wanted to make was if you just listen take South Shields out of the equation all right we're 12 points clear with nine games to go anything could happen where we could throw it away there is there's no doubt about that these other clubs are in such strong positions clubs like Stockton clubs like Hebben and Concert that were you know in sh- almost shoe-ins for promotion um yeah. and then like this club 27 wins the amount of money and effort that went into probably assembling that squad for this specific season the money put into gaining promotion and furthering their club has just been wiped off. I mean, who who reimburses that? Who who turns around and ensures that money and gives the, gives that back to them as if, all right, if this season never happened, then the cost should not be incurred. Yeah. That speaking, is a, speaking of cost, um, what if, say, we'll go a couple of months down the line and in the FAC or the FA Cup, the FA Vars, the FA Trover, they're all annulled now. What about the clubs that have got prize money? In front of them? Because I worked it out earlier on today. Because, well, it's mainly due to our running the FA Trophy, but if that was the case, we were due just over £13,000 in prize money yeah. just from that running the FA Trophy. Darren, well, that should still come. I would, I would imagine that that would... St- because the thing is, the prize money... Is, is the prize money... They take, do the FA not take money from all the games? Do they have a certain amount of money come in from each fixture as well? Um yeah, no, this is not. This is not. This is, I think that's with gate receipts. This is just prize money for actually winning your ties. Right. Um, wouldn't surprise me. That's what I was gonna say. I think. I think my kind of bad mind on this is thinking the reason that they haven't cancelled the FA competitions is because the FA make money from it, right? <clears throat> yeah. They make money from a whole lot of Hebben and concert fans that they got to the final coming to Wembley. Spending mm-hmm. their money on the tickets, spending their money on on the food at the ground, whatever else. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that the FA have left that competition in limbo with the decision to be made. Um, so, because it would be cruel to, to take away the Wembley dream for for those clubs. Yeah. In the words of the FA, but football's bread and butter are are leagues, aren't they? You know, that's you yeah. know, without leagues, you've got you haven't got a sport really. Yeah, uh, this country. So I've been, been at this football club. This is my fourth season at this football club. I'm 36 years old. My dream for this season was to captain and win a league and hold the trophy. Yeah. Never, you know, I couldn't get to a Vars final. It was highly unlikely we were going to get to a trophy final. Um, so that's been taken out of my hands without yeah. uh, what seems like. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that they just there was no thought into it. It seems like a real lack of depth of thought went into it. Yeah. yeah. One of the one of the key aspects I wanted to bring up here, 
what I think their fear probably missed it by a mile is when we do get back, I'm 100% confident that the non-league community will pull together and make sure they support the non-league teams, which in turn will generate larger crowds and revenue, which I wouldn't be surprised would kind of pay back and more the overheads that they would have to spend. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Let's play devil's advocate, though. Um, we talk about costs incurred, you know, the, the the voiding of the season. There's been a lot of talk about uh, clubs and supporters um, putting claims in to get their money back for all costs incurred. I mean, coach travel for the Mariners, £20,000. But look at clubs who have had those VARs runs. Um, you know, Hebben played against Plymouth Parkway. So, um, and, and they've travelled on various away trips. So, um, if they decided to void the, the FA competitions as well, uh, how it's not just about losing the Wembley dream, it's also those costs incurred. So, the, the speed at which the decision's been taken, I guess, um, they had their reasons for, but would you agree with me, maybe, if I said that the FA perhaps have underestimated the responses from non-league, the non-league community? Probably. Yeah. It, yes. normally, you know, that's what they normally do. It, it's a it's a quite a flippant remark. Obviously, all oh, the, the the top echelons of football don't really care about the lower ones, but it is basically true. And um, mm. you know, last night Jeff Thompson was on Radio Five Live talking to Mark Chapman um, about this scenario. And whilst Mark Chapman was it, it was a it was a good interview, the the other contributors on that program before and after were you could sense that it wasn't that important. Mm. You know, to them, it, it basically it was. You know, they're talking about the Premier League and when it's going to restart. The rest of the contributors, barring Pat Nevin, probably, I think Pat does care about the game, but the rest of them, journalists included, weren't, you could sense it was sort of a sideshow, really. And um, and that's the stark reality. So, so therefore, um, they've made this decision that the, the competition is null and void. But what about when the game, say, when the competition is more than three quarters of the way through and they've, they've stopped it? In January 2017, South Shields were 4-2 down against Morpeth. With a few minutes to go, the lights went out and the FA ordered the match to be replayed. Yeah. What, I'm, what, what I'm getting at is... They made sure that that actual event was played to a completion. Yeah, well, that's what they're doing, though, isn't it? They're yeah, saying that we've got to replay the whole season. But there are all, there are rules regarding that. You know, there are rules regarding um, games that have you know have had to be abandoned for whatever reason. You know, there are rules. This is an, this is unprecedented. There aren't rules to say, like, as far as I'm aware, there aren't conditions in 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 the competitions to say. Yeah. After so many games, after so much time, but there are. Rules regarding abandonment of games. You know? But there should be yeah. there should be rules about this kind of yeah. stuff. Like when you yeah. when you work for corporate businesses, they've got to have 
and they float on the stock exchange, they've got to have contingency plans for all sorts mm -hmm. of things. So why did the why did the league not have a written set of rules in case something came around externally that 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 caused this kind of uh, impact? Well, this is it. So the last time that obviously a season got no avoided, I write in saying that it was the World Wars. World Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we all, we obviously hoped at the end of the World Wars that they were never happening again. But from football associations that had already been running for 30, 40 years, maybe longer, they didn't think, ah, right, yep. maybe we need to have a little think about something in case something interrupts our football season again in the future, yep. rather than just trying to find, again, usually the most lucrative ways of running our, the game. Yep. Um, and then, as we say, you know, here we are unprecedented you know a global pandemic you know mm. widespread panic everywhere and everything going off what do we do about it oh well we haven't really thought about that we're in <laughs> yeah. 2000, 2020 oh, yeah. how have we not got these sort of things drawn up just in case something happens you know even if they turn around and went look what we'll do is we'll give it a four-month deadline a five-month deadline a six-month deadline to get these games back up and running. You're allowed to shut your clubs down, you're allowed to shut your clubs down, everything. You need yeah. to shut them down, right? And we'll yeah. come back and we'll start as if, either way, listen, we can go around the hours. Everybody, it's easy from a distance and from afar to come up with what seems like a great idea um, because we're all not sat in the chairs, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it's disappointing that this you know, very old and very established organisation has no contingency for an issue, you know, and... Like you say, less than two weeks. Two weeks tomorrow was our last game, yeah. and it's over. Um, with no, I don't know, with no real idea of when we're going to get started again, or any real justifiable reason as to why we're finished. Yeah, I think that's what makes it even harder to take that that uh, United of Manchester game. We were, we came away from that on such a high. It was a great yeah. game, a great mm -hmm. advert for the. Not only the non-league, not only for the club, but Northeast as a whole, with the spotlight was on us. So we we're on such a high, and yeah. it just seems like we're, it's all just crashed down uh, around our feet. Yeah, I mean, in in any other situation, if if, if this was a complete, completely normal and all that, it would be seen as a, like a title-deciding moment. Like you yeah. say, it's, a, it's a moment that could have that probably won it. You could probably see at the end of the season, you probably think that was the moment that won us the league, and that's why yeah. everyone was so high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, going back to John's point there about 1939, uh, that season was voided in September, so the season okay. was only a few weeks old. It's only um, played three games. Yeah, uh, this is completely different. You know, this yeah. this season is well, it's more than three quarters of the well. For most clubs, it's more than three quarters. For the likes of Morpeth, it's just over half. I mean, um, interesting. But it still got voided, right? It still got voided. So it, it showed the FA that it's possible for external events to, to completely kibosh a, a season. So mm. what are the scenarios? Write them down, because if you write them down, everyone signs up to them. Mm. This whole thing just becomes so much easier, because it's like, this yeah. is what we all signed up for. And the fact that, um, the thing that kind of totally shocked me and, it was horrendous as Jeff said that the clubs weren't even um, talked to about this. Could they not have just had one or two days just to talk to the clubs about what they felt? 
you know, I mean, they've got plenty of time. Why did it's another reason for why they they seem to have rushed this decision? Jeff Jeff was on on um, Five Live last night. It, it indicated that um, the Northern Premier League chairman um, was quite supportive of um, keeping like sort of suspending the season. Yes, but so um, I'm yeah. sure he'd said that it was was talking about the points per game scenario, which I wouldn't support, but. It was it was as though the Northern Premier League didn't want this see this outcome. Mm-hmm. However, the, the the statement that was released the day before yesterday um, was was almost that there was a general consensus between the three leagues at this level, so the Isthmian and Southern League as well, that they wanted the season ended. But mm-hmm. that that you know, so that, that the alarm bells were, were ringing straight away then. But that whether. The, North, the other two leagues sort of they wanted it more than the Northern Premier League, and so they got their way. Or I'm, you know, maybe I'm misreading it all. I don't know. But you know, it was as though all leagues wanted to close down, and so the FA um, were basically carrying out the wishes of the leagues, possibly not to the letter. Um, maybe the leagues didn't want it to be null and voided, but mm. certainly um, they, they, they were following, uh, um, you know, guidance from the leagues, but. To say that the leagues just went ahead with that, without consulting the clubs, just is, is mind-boggling. It, it really is. So, we, we we get to the point where right, the decision's been made. Um, lots of reaction around the country on the various forums. Um, immediately, well, almost immediately, um, Jeff Thompson um, made a. Well, he tweeted and then the club made an official statement, which I thought the statement was first class, by the way. It was, yeah. I guess, I mean, our colleague Dan probably had a lot to do with that. Superbly written. Um, So it's clear that the club are going to act upon this in the strongest possible way. But again, whilst there is a lot of supporters from other clubs on these forums, you know, shouting sour grapes and all this carry on. Um, There are other clubs also potentially going to go down a potential legal route. I I read Yeovil Town might be one of them. Um, You have to imagine that Vauxhall Motors and Jersey, um, you have to imagine others with such a strong position would want to do it. Um, my my guess is that um, uh, once once the once the FA decide that the professional leagues and the national league are allowed to finish, which I'm sure they will be, that there'll be a whole host of um, legal claims. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put my neck on the line and I'm gonna say that it wouldn't surprise me if if this um, coronavirus kind of really keeps a keeps hold for a, longer than a few more weeks, I can see football league, Premier League, and National League games being played behind closed doors just to get them done, just to say this is what we did to st- potentially stop legal action from other from the non-league clubs. What do you reckon? I, well, I don't think the legal actions. I suppose my, my opinion on it is like a little bit like everything else. The FA, once they've made a decision, once something happens, it stays done. Yeah. Um, all the petitions, which I, you know, I love the passion of everybody trying to get this thing reversed. 
I can't see it happening. Um, no. Do believe that once they've, I mean, the thing is, again, if you're one of the clubs that maybe wanted the null and void, and that decision was made yesterday, you've just spent the next 24 hours, and you'll do it again for the next 24 hours, um, making sure that if somebody turned around in three or four days and said it's been reversed, that you can then turn around and say, oh, we can't do that. I've already done this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doesn't that I think once it's done, be, it's done. Doesn't it have to be ratified though by the FA board? It's it's a it's a decision that's been made. You know, it's sort of been penciled in, but it needs to be rubber stamped at the board level. Is that right? Don't know. I'm not sure. I, I think know. I think so. I think it has to go before the FA board um, for ratification. Mm. It's not yeah. done and dusted just yet. It, it wouldn't surprise me. And you know how we're saying that they didn't have any contingency plans for. Avoid a season such as this or events such as this. What I think they do have, though, is lots of plans when it comes to money. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me is if they kind of said, okay, then right, if if these clubs take action, the non-league clubs, how much do you reckon it would cost us? And they probably think, oh, we'll probably be able to cover that from just what the Premier League earns. <laughs> yeah, you know. So for expenditure, for expenses. Yeah. You talk- but you're not just talking about the clubs, Ronnie. You're talking about supporters, you know, season oh, ticket holders, know. travel expenses, yeah. food. Well, what um, you say about that with supporters and everything, you know, where I don't think people will ever be able to claim back because what they've done, they've paid for a ticket to go and watch a football match and they've watched a football match. They've received their product in return for payment. Um, they've paid for a programme. They've got a programme in return. They've bought a couple of, you know, that sort of thing. Um, they've got, they've paid for a coach trip. You know, they've had a coach trip. So I think they're on, on very, very stony ground to think that any, any individual is going to get money back. Except any, for season tickets, maybe. Well, any games that are left, that unplayed, yeah. potentially, but does, does any... No, but Sai, si, the, the games, the, I, can, I, take, I take that that they've had a cup of tea or they've had a pie or they've had a coach trip, mm. but the games now don't exist. The games don't exist. So technically, people could look at it and say, well, look... Um, that that game wasn't played, so although I have had me so ticket costs etc. might might be able to be claimed because yes we've had the coach travel yes I've you know whatever but the, the games themselves now don't exist. Is that no. right? This is this is the like the sort of ridiculousness of the whole situation. What 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 has been started you know? But I'm just saying I can't see any legal action by individuals working. Um, whether yeah. there's any um. Um, grounds for, for clubs to do so or whether clubs come together as an alliance and, yeah. and do so um, p- potentially but as John said you know, normally the FA once the decision is yeah. made it's done and um, it would be highly unlikely that anything whether legal action or not would, would yeah. get it. Even if legal action was successful I just got this horrible feeling that they'd just be they'd just be able to cover it with all the money they've got, the amount of money that they generate. Like they get out of court settlement. Yeah, oh, yeah. they just, I mean, they just say, well, I'll cover it. There's mm. a bit of thing about the, so that going back to your point, Chris, about um, what will happen with the behind closed doors things. Yeah. Um, that'll be a brand new streamer income for uh, streaming TV. Um, they know that through the Premier League, the Championship, uh, the majority of League One, League Two, and obviously the last couple of years' coverage with BT in the Vanarama. Yep. Um, although they won't make back the amount of gate receipts, will they be able to make a substantial amount on streaming revenue for each individual game? Or will will they turn around and say, OK, season ticket holders, you'll get a free stream, and anybody that wanted to buy a ticket, you'll pay a fiver for the stream? 
it wouldn't surprise me if there's a if there is like you said before a contingency or uh, yeah. on uh, for 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 bringing more income in, not to worry too much about it. But if in below Panorama, um, we aren't necessarily a massive stream of income to the higher echelons of the game, um, so we don't really matter if uh, if you want to read between the lines, I suppose. Yeah, um, right, But whereas yeah. the lads higher up, the uh, like you say the Prem Championship, League One, League Two, uh, let's get a stream out because there's a stream at every game. Uh, there's, you know, what I mean, there's cameras at every single game that yeah. that copy every. All it takes is hooking it up to the internet, taking a five pound donation over online, um, and yeah. it'll there'll be something there. So I do believe that those that that potentially will be the way that it happens higher up. I think they'll and close doors. Yes, there'll be no atmosphere. Yes, that is horrific for the lads that are on the pitch, and and having to deal with that kind of new atmosphere is a is another whole problem that they've got to deal with. But at least they will get an outcome of their fixtures and their leagues, yeah. whereas we'll be sat twiddling our thumbs looking at what could have been. Yeah, I think I think yeah. you're right because the technology's there for all these clubs. The technology's yeah, there; yeah. it's all set up. They don't have to try very hard. Plus, the the clubs in the Premier League and the Championship now gate receipts are looked on as like the the smaller um, part of revenue compared yeah. to the TV deals and the streams. So if they, I mean, if, let's just take Liverpool for example. If they were to stream, they would make far, far more money than they would if it was just a normal game. If they could stream it to everyone at three yeah. o'clock on a Saturday. Absolutely. That, that's. It, it also shows why, like you say, normal match day revenue. The match day revenue, is, as even for us, is the the one big source of income for the club. Right? Yeah. It's not exactly the case for the Premier League. They can play in front of empty stadiums week in, week out, and they will still make millions just because of broadcast money. Yeah, yeah. So oh, the, the game John, receipts at the top of the game don't mean don't mean anything anymore. That's that, that's one thing that I mean. It's been listen. I've been in the game <laughs> now. This is what this is. Next year will be my twentieth full time season, I suppose. Next 20, uh, 20, 20 years in football kind of thing, and used to be as as the same when you know we're on the terraces we pay your wages um and at the top end of the game that is that just is no longer the case uh, as you say there's the the tv rights and the sponsorships and the overseas rights are the things that, that that pay these lads now so it the empty seats don't make a difference to them but as you said before once you get down into league one league two and below yeah match day is is what gives these lads and these clubs their, their their money and it'll there'll be certain clubs that have you know almost already spent the money that they were going to gain from maybe the last four five six home games this season which they've spent it's gone how do they get that back yeah um yeah. that's that's another massive issue i guess that i was questioning why the the um the dividing line was placed um, just below National Leagues North and South. But when you've just said that, John, it's just reminded me, you know, they are, they have a broadcasting deal with BT. So um, that they, it, there's the answer. There is the answer that yeah. every match in the National League and National League North and South could now be streamed and be played behind closed doors. There's, I, I guess probably the answer look at the, well the champions league if you go on bt on champions league night you can pick from any of the yeah. 12 games played now if if bt consign themselves to that and go we'll tell you what we'll just stick a camp well they probably have a camera in every ground already um 
we'll just do the same thing. Uh, it yeah. is a possibility. Whether that is the case, and why not? We're just speculating here, and oh, you I think know, we're probably near the, the truth, mind. It yeah. could potentially be a reason why they're holding on. Uh, there's no saying that the panorama eventually might follow suit if it goes on too long, and clubs do turn around and say, "Look, we've got to pay our full-time players, and we're not, we can't afford to pay them past X date in the year." Um, and that'll be another interesting fact, but at least they're waiting a little bit. As touched on before, we're in March. Contracts run until the 31st of June. We have a long time to get these games and these fixtures played or at least look for the opportunity to get them done. You know, we could have done it. There is an opportunity to do it. Non-league clubs aren't in the same position. I get that. Part-time clubs not in the same position to do that. They don't pay their players through pre-season either. So if this season ran through to the end of July, that would, and then we paid the six weeks from this and then, that's not still a possibility and that gives us however many months from now yeah absolutely i think i think though one thing that may have forced the fa's hand because you might have seen in the news like say nantwich have laid off all of their staff i think warrington have only got seven contracted players left gainsborough have laid, are laying off players as well i think the fa are looking at that and thinking well, we've got to do something about this yeah agree what really sickens me though right is for the associations and the Premier League clubs and the Champions League clubs, who, by the way, get a lot of benefit from their players playing at our level. Look at Jordan Hunter for Sunderland, etc., etc. Jamie Vardy, all that kind, all those kind of players who have made these yeah. clubs millions. The, the the money that people like Nantwich and clubs like us are going to pay is a drop in the ocean. It's a drop in the ocean. Why can't we not just say? Here's a, here's a grant from the association and from the clubs, the club together. Don't worry about the money. We'll give you it because you're so important mm. to this game. Not only now, but going forward for the future. But it doesn't work like that, Ronnie. I know it doesn't. It's sickening it though, isn't it? Yeah, but, if, but if remember as well, is like the, I think the, the, the Premier League, the Football League, they're, they're separate entities, aren't they? That They are wholly owned by themselves. Yeah. They don't have any real jurisdiction over them. Um so uh, they, they they can do as they wish, you know. And, and I know, but if you, if you, you know, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, but to cut the pyramid off at sort yeah. of at step three of, of the non-league pyramid is 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 you know as I said before, it's just baffling. It's baffling. Feels like you go back to the days of the re-election process and stuff. You know, these, these Premier League clubs, I agree with you, Simon. They are two separate entities, but these Premier League clubs have had players that have come up from our leagues and the National League North and well, made them millions. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Yeah. Like I say, it's, it's, yeah. it's the football family. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's like you, you, can, you, know, you, can, pick, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family, you know, and this, this, in this sense, they, they have chosen their family, really. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Put the eggs yeah. in one basket. Now, yeah. of course, as a result, um, as it stands at the moment, as it probably will remain, South Shields... Um, will go into the 2020-21 season as a Northern Premier League club. Um, for the time being, the proposed share issue has been put on hold. That's been announced today um, as we you know, move on through these, un- again, uncharted times and unprecedented times. John, um, it's going to be difficult for players um, in many respects, for a whole host of reasons to, to kind of... Um, take this all in your tweet yesterday um which really has led to you coming on and joining us today um you were pretty pretty 
impassioned yesterday about looking, you know, next season, kind of not shutting people up, but wiping smiles off faces, you know. Have you, are players now, as this is sinking in, getting the bit between their teeth already? Or is it too early to say? No, um, we've got a, a group of players that were, uh, and we were really, really, um, about how last season finished you know we knew that we were more than capable of uh, of achieving promotion last season uh this season even though a little bit of a rocky road we um we fought our way into the position we're currently in so yeah everybody was really really disappointed yesterday but didn't take long i promise you for uh lee picton graham fenton um and then the lads straight in behind that all saying we're already excited about going and doing it again. Uh, and if anything, trying to, trying to better this season. You know, that's that's the way that this club works. Um, mm. We we always look to be better. And we've um, we've we've got to ask to the stage of this season where we're all right. We're twelve points clear, but we look at the season as it being perfect, as our home form being as good as it could be, our away forms being fantastic. Um, been inconsistencies, there's been injuries. And I promise you, the the general um, mood now is right. Regardless of what goes off between now and the start of next season, when we get back together, when we start this ball rolling again, we're going to go and win the league. Now, I was not. I, I knew that was coming. Like you say, you can look at my tweet and just that's my thought process. My thought process straight after Warrington last year was right. Next year we're going to go and win the league. And not, you know, yes, you know, disappointment and took me a night to get over it. Um, I, as I've said, touched on tonight already. The, the I believe the FA will. This is it. We're, we're done. We're probably going to start our season unless there's a, unless there's a reshuffle above us. People that get, you know, uh, demoted for various amounts of reasons. We're going to start in this league straight away. My aim will to be. Well, go on then. Let's see how far we can go next year unbeaten, how much better than this year can we do it? You don't often get an opportunity to do that. You, yeah. you don't, as a club, if you get promoted, if you win something, you don't often get an opportunity straight away after to then go and try and redo it and do it better. You know? um, and that's the challenge that we're probably going to set in our changing room. Can we go out and better this season? Or can we get ourselves in a position to win it? with a better points total, with a better record, with a better goals for, with a better goals conceded. Um, yeah. I'll be the way it is. That's just the way that we work at our place. Great great to hear. I'm sure the fans who are listening in will, will really love that. Um, absolutely. Simon? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, you want to say something there, Si? No, no, I'm just... Well, what I want well, you put to... your hand up. You put oh, your hand sorry. up. <laughs> Just a stretch, but what, what you know, Don't put your hand up, man. for the benefit of the listeners, it was just a stretch. But um, you know what? What I, what I did want, want to touch on tonight, you know, because there are there are people will be people listening who will be saying, look, lads, you know, there's far more important things going on at, at the moment. You know, why are you bothering yourselves with this? And I think, well, the, to an extent, they're right. You know, there, there are very very grave um, things happening right now. Um, but like like in life. You know when you know we've all lost someone close and and you know and, and had bad times and but there's always something later on that you can come to. Football, like any other sport, 
um, or pastime is, is, a, is, a, is a passion for many. And without it, well, what's the point of life, you know? And I just wanted to, you know, yes, we, we, all, we all need to concentrate on, on things that are happening around us right now. Um, but later down the line, football will be back. And that's why it is important that we talk about this now. And it is, you know, um, it does mean something. Um, it, it, because it, in, in life, it's such a massive part of people's lives. And um, I understand people's sentiments to say, just forget about it. But no, for me, um, football or any passion is what life's all about. And we will be back. And um, and because of what's going on, I go back to it. Just the speed of what, what, what has happened is, is, is just, well, it's bewildering. Yeah, no, I think I think you make a good point, though, Simon. I think he, there will be a lot of people. And I've seen it already. Obviously, you look on Twitter and... You can't help yourself now, especially when you sat at home for a bit longer. Um, and people saying, you know, get over yourself. Your club's not going up or your club's not getting relegated or, you know, things are happening. Now, listen, for the last however many weeks, everybody's timelines, everybody's news feeds have all been full of the coronavirus. Um, last night was a magic moment in, in probably britain where everybody's applauding the nhs what a fantastic thing to to happen uh, and the, and the amount of positive outpourings on social medias and uh, and these platforms over the the great things that are happening as well as the negative with the coronavirus is happening as you touched on once once we listen once you've talked and talked and talked the coronavirus when you are almost trying to look for something positive and then you you often turn listen and everybody in this country the well, the majority of people in this country turn to their football club to their pals to the football's the thing that unites the majority of the country this is quite a this is a big unprecedented thing that hasn't happened in our time in our lifetimes won't happen again potentially in our lifetimes so we do need to sit and talk about it we do need to thrash over the the reasons for and why we believe these things should and shouldn't happen um then when we have talked about it when we all get off the computer i'm sure we'll all go back to our families and go back to our friends and continue to talk about the the things in life and make sure people in our families are healthy and safe and um that doesn't take away the fact that in a quiet moment we're all, we've all got quite high feelings, high high volume feelings over what's gone off to our football club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a sense yeah. of injustice, you know. Yeah. You are a, you're, you're, your class is a key worker, aren't you? I am, yes. I work in a, I work in a care home. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So at the moment you are kind of almost frontline. Well, night shift. It's not exactly front line, but um, yeah. Nice. So your t- your time is still taken up from with work. John, how are you filling your time in? <laughs> I have two children. <laughs> um, Full time job in itself. It is. I promise you, it really is. I mean, we. Uh, my wife is coming up towards the end of a biomedical science degree and bless her she is locking herself in an office because she's not allowed to go to uni she's in here for a lot more bless her she must be getting cabin fever when she sits in there um i've got a 10 year old and a seven year old so we do uh, joe wicks every morning uh, yeah, together we do too that's what we've been doing that this week 
Yeah, a bit of Joe Wicks. Um, then we knuckle them down and we give them a little bit of um, schoolwork to do during the week, which tomorrow we've promised them it's still classed as a weekend that they don't have to do it. Uh, <laughs> but they do a little bit of um, online work as well as a bit of reading and some stuff that our school for the kids have been fantastic to give us some stuff. Um, then try and get them a bit active. You know, I'm quite lucky. I, uh, we've got a little bit of a front garden, but we've also got a very, very quiet back lane out the back of our house where they can have a bit of uh, activity and the weather's been lovely um from a personal point of view from the football side you know i've been trying to take over you know we have a you know you can do your exercise so i go for a run or i'm on the bike or i'm doing some some in-house circuits set to us by uh fence um and lee but uh no you know it's 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 been great for me in a way as well to spend a lot of time with my boys i uh with coaching yeah. and football i do spend a hell of a lot of time out of the house during the week um so it's been uh, it's been good, but I promise you, cabin fever will set in. It's only the start of what seems like the six weeks holidays, and I know what kids are like when they uh, when they start getting bored. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and talk about fitness. Is Andy Morris involved in any of these kind of exercise regimes, like setting you different tasks? Well, Andy's been a part of the conversation with uh, Lee and Graham. You know, he yeah. he he will. Remotely, he dealt with me. Obviously, I came off during the FC United game. Um, within the at the days after, I, I met him at the ground, and then obviously we all got sent away permanently, kind of thing. Um, so he will be in touch with all the players that need his assistance with uh, injuries and niggles. Um, then he was a part of the process with uh, with Lee and Graham as to probably the volume of work and stuff that we need to do. Uh, um, and Andy, I mean, bless him, Andy's been absolutely outstanding. He talked about I've been here for four years he's probably the guy that I spent most time with because um, <laughs> although I managed to play a lot of games in between those games I need a lot of uh, TLC and Andy has to kind of put me back together before every game so he's been uh, he's been brilliant um, for the lads and for the for the club and uh, yeah and there's no doubt knowing Andy he's a frontline worker as well he's an NHS worker he'll be yeah. uh, grafting somewhere well as worrying and thinking about us uh, in his spare time absolutely hopefully yeah. he'll enjoy his pint of Stella and the conservative we love Andy we do we do love Andy um do you think Andy will have, did, would he be able to do anything about Ronnie's bunions and size corns <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you might have to uh I mean fortunately for him I think he might not be able to come and see you <laughs> that would be wonderful <laughs> um boys before we're, we're close is there anything that any of you wish to add before we close things off or can we call it a night call it a night i think call yeah. it a night uh, uh darren uh john uh, on behalf of the Mariners podcast team, uh, thank you so, so much for joining us. We we'll hope listeners have just got something out of this that we've done this evening. Um, unprecedented times in a whole, for a whole host of reasons. Um, we hope you've, you can pick things out that you might agree, you might disagree, but who knows. But it's always good, to, as, we've, as the lads have already said, it's great to talk. Regardless of what's going on in life, we do need things to keep us sane in many respects and this is one of them although we might think it's a decision that's quite insane at least it's given us something new to talk about <laughs> so um so john and darren thank you so much thank you well chris can i just literally just before we finish um yeah. i suppose it'd be 
it'd have to be on the uh, on the phone for nearly an hour uh, and not just say, listen, you know, the, the season is potentially at its at its end. Um, I just want to quickly send a quick message out to thank everybody uh, from the changing room, from the staff. Uh, been an unbelievable season in in so many respects, and and typically my time at the club, the following, the support, the uh, we've had from from everybody uh, in and around the club has been absolutely outstanding. The 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 culmination being the FC United game, you know, three and a half thousand for supporters, some new supporters uh, gathered around the country from Swansea and West Brom and Sheffield, my old, uh, my city. Um, some Sheffield United fans, fans. By the way. Wrong, wrong side of Sheffield, though, John. Yeah, you're right, the wrong side, but they gave some great support and they've given me some fantastic feedback since about the, the club. And, and it's not a surprise to me, obviously, you know, it's it's home now for me. Um, listen, the, the, I want to thank everybody involved at the football club um, behind the scenes. There's a lot of people goes in there um, from Dan and Jeff and Keith, um, everybody behind there, uh, Fenn, Colin, Louise, Lee and Graham, Andy, you know, you can go on forever. The, the amount of volunteers that put the effort into this football club, are, um, again, we've, we've, we talk about the people that this season has been pulled away from, Gary Crookwell, people like that, little Jack Lewis, cool. the, yeah. the effort that goes into making... Um, this football club tick and the way it has and obviously the supporters uh like i say make make such a massive part of that the uh the, the travel the, the times we've turned up to away games and what's felt like a home game is has been outstanding so i just wanted to listen just trying to um just finish off something real positive is i know that they'll be back i know that this won't deter them um i know what they're like uh if they were ever gonna have a have a gripe it would have been potentially after last season but they came back stronger than ever this year so we look forward to seeing them in pre-season and and whenever it is that we get back on the pitch and I'd, like i said, just want to finish off by saying thanks to everybody no you're very welcome yeah, john, john you um, and all will, the other, everybody around the club for many people I, I don't think i'm going to speak out of turn and be melodramatic by saying it's changed a lot of people's lives and i think that is very very important in this day and age we all need something to hold on to in what is a very difficult world we live in now so thank you so much on behalf of supporters as well so from myself chris may simon ronnie darren and john we hope you've enjoyed this special edition of the mariners podcast and um, i'm sure this has opened even more debate enjoy the tweets and the facebook posts that i'm sure will start and we will see you around mariners park as soon as possible and who knows we might just get around this virtual table again very soon so from all of us it's bye bye for now thanks for listening to this mariners podcast there'll be another one along soon before you can see it john shaw